Welcome to Baby Magic. Today I have with me four lovely women from Embrace Refugee Births that is based in the U.S. And we recorded about six weeks ago, but you know, getting four women together and um, bringing them in from their from their homes and with all of the all of the outside variables that there are kids in the background phones internet not working right we had a lot of gremlins to deal with this time so my sound man wanted me to apologize for the quality of the sound but don't let that bother you this is an amazing interview and such important work thank you for listening here we go Embrace Refugee Birth tries to make birthing mothers' realities a little bit better. I'm happy to have four members of this amazing organization here today. Muzda, Muna, Heidi, and Aku. Welcome. First, I'd like to reach my hands out in love. I'm sure your community is still reeling from the shock of hearing about the murders of the six women last week in Atlanta. I know you're quite close to there geographically. And I know that the work that you do helps to build a better world. So thank you in love. I'd like you to please introduce yourselves for our listeners. Um, maybe Heidi, you could go first. Sure, yeah. Uh, so my name is Heidi Copeland and um, my role at um, Embrace Refugee Birth Support is the Program Impact Manager. Um, so I can say a little bit um, first just to kind of introduce Embrace as well, um, if you'd like. But um, Embrace was started in 2010 and um, is part of a larger nonprofit um, outside of Atlanta in Clarkston, Georgia, uh, called Friends of Refugees. And we have six different programs that serve just in different capacities in the refugee community. Um, but Embrace Refugee Birth was started as a way to just help uh, pregnant refugee moms nav better navigate the healthcare system um, in America and just to walk alongside people throughout their pregnancy and birth and postpartum experience in the U.S. So, yeah. Thank you. Who would like to go next? I can go next. My name is Mujdan. I am uh, originally from Afghanistan. I have been here since uh, 2014. And uh, it's almost six years that I'm working with Embrace as a community liaison uh, for Afghani community. And uh, I have three kids, which are three of them is Embrace kids. Uh, right now, yeah, and I have six years old, uh, my daughter, and almost four years old, my son, and 26 days, my younger daughter. Oh, that's, thank you so much for taking time out of your, your mother, <laughs> your baby moon to, to speak with us. That's lovely. Yeah, thank you. We are together. She's here with me. And say hi to everyone. <laughs> Muna? Uh, yes. Um, hi, my name is Muna and I'm from Burma. Um, I started joining um, the Embrace in 2016 as a Korean um, contract interpreter, also uh, the community liaison. Um, I help with the uh, uh, I have I help with the mom with the filling of the paperwork, or if they need help with um, interpretation, that they will call me um, uh, during their visit in doctor office, and also if they need help with to renew food stamp or Medicaid, yeah, I help all my karma with, with that, um, and I will like happy to be part of the uh, amazing or. Uh, program yeah thank you Aku
Uh, hi, my name is Aklo. I, I, I am from Togo. And <clears throat> I started working at Embrace since 2017. And I started as an interpreter. And now I teach the healthy class to the African community. I have two girls, uh, five years and two years old. Thank you. It's wonderful to hear all of you very busy mothers, um, busy helping other mothers and busy making a better world. Um, just a question, how many families has Embrace assisted this year? Um, our numbers in 2020 were, um, we, we served 79 moms. Um, we regret that, you know, because of the pandemic, um, we weren't able to do education or classes or birth support for quite as many as we have in the past. Um, so a lot of our support was a little bit more hands off of just making sure people, had what they need and had the information that they need kind of from afar. But, um, but yeah, we were able to serve 50 moms through our, um, healthy moms classes that Aku mentioned, um, uh, online, um, virtually. Um, and then, um, yeah. And then the other moms that came through our program, we were able to help support them by, you know, um, having, um, bringing them car seats or, um, you know, helping them with different paperwork or, you know, um, providing, uh, rides to their doctor's appointments, that kind of thing. So, yeah. So do you, uh, provide, uh, virtual doula support as well? We have not been able to, um, it's just a little bit too tricky with our, uh, uh, the language barriers and the kind of tech technological barriers that we face. Yeah. Um, so our classes are taught by our community liaisons, which um, Mujda and Muna and Aku are um, a few of them. And um, they're taught in the languages of the, the moms that we serve. But um, most of our labor support um, is offered by volunteers who are uh, American volunteers. And so just virtual support um, would be a little bit tricky with um, yeah. the moms that we work with. So, yeah. And as it is um, in where you are, the mothers are uh, make, uh, they're not allowed to bring in a doula in the hospital. So the current uh, protocols at our local hospital are that you are allowed to have one, uh, one visitor the entire time that you're in the hospital. And so um, for a lot of our families that we work with, um, they preferred to have a partner or a family member with them, which is yeah. the reason why we didn't offer as much labor support. But some of the families didn't have that kind of support. And so we were able to, to offer them the labor support, um, birth support. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So what are some ways that, uh, that embrace creates a more positive and joyful experience for the families during the childbearing year? Especially during COVID, I imagine that must be such a challenge. Yeah. Mujda, would you want to answer that? I know you had a lot of really good success in um, kind of offering some good peer support, group support to the moms yeah. that you work with last year when the pandemic first started. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we all did. Uh, actually, I made a group, my messenger as uh, most of the women in our community using the uh, internet, Wi-Fi at home, and they have like uh, social media. I made a group of a messenger and add all of the moms that uh, we were able to work with them during, before the pandemic, and also the pregnant mom who got pregnant during the uh, COVID. Uh, uh, I add all of them, and usually like uh, in two days, we call them every two days. Uh, we called and we share everything with each other and I asked them questions and also uh, I was there to help them or give them more information about COVID whenever we got from the CDC and other resources I share with them 
and usually it, it, it was really helpful for uh, for my community because uh, the moms they knew each other the, uh, through that uh, messenger and they got contact with each other and it was helpful for them that they, they didn't get bored and they shared their problems and they talked with each other. Um, I think it was a good opportunity for them. I think it's so important that you're providing that service because I know that uh, from working with, uh, I ran an organization here in Montreal for 13 years. We worked with uh, with refugee and, and no status families. And I know that one of the big problems is isolation. So especially during COVID to, to provide that that group and to call every two days, that's that's amazing. That's, I, I I'm really... I'm really very much in awe of you. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful offering to make. Yeah. Um, and also, they had more uh, communication with each other. Sometimes I wasn't able to join them, but they, they all call each other and talk uh, uh, with each other. Uh, sometimes I see that they call in, uh, in the group messenger. I talk, sorry for, <laughs> uh, but I wasn't able. But... Uh, when I had time, I, I joined them, and I, whenever they have questions, they let me know, and I was able to uh, get their question and uh, ask from someone that they knew, or if I knew the answer, I was helped them that time. So the, the next question that I was wondering was, what are some of the ways that Embrace has made your own lives better? Because I think, uh, you know, we give, we, we, we give and give, and we always have to respect that, you know, the giving also increases our own pleasure and, and joy in our lives. So so for all four of you, what, what ways has, uh, has being a part of this organization made your own lives better? Uh, I will go first with the answer. If uh, others want to add something, they can... Uh, uh, when we, uh, I came here, I didn't know anybody when I came to the USA. Uh, even there was a lot of Afghani family, but I wasn't in touch with them and I wasn't connected with them. And I feel very long, alone. And I was pregnant that time. And Embers, the only uh, uh, place was that helped me and I knew Heidi from the first month that I came to the USA. Um, after that, when I joined with Embrace, it was my dream that I can um, uh, continue the, my education or do something for, for the community, for the women, like uh, be uh, advocate advocate for them. And Embrace helped me and they encouraged me and they gave me that self-confidence uh, that I can do something. And I, when I joined them, I started working as an interpreter. Um, by the day, um, I, we uh, we joined for uh, few uh, certification program, and still we are doing our certification for the childbirth uh, childbirth education. And nowadays, we start uh, teaching mom the healthy classes, healthy birth classes for the mom, and it it really makes different for my life. Now I have big big dreams. I'm just uh, dreaming like. Uh, the big goals that I can reach. Now I have that self-confidence that, yeah, there is a support, and if I ask help, they are ready to help me, and I can, I can reach to my goals in my life. Thank you. Heidi? Yeah, so um, Embrace has made a huge impact on my life. Um, I went to school for social work originally. Um, I got my bachelor's degree in social work and um, knew that I wanted to work with women in some way. I, I just had always been passionate about women um, being empowered and supported and um, was interested in pregnancy and birth, but didn't really know anything about it at the time. Um, but there was kind of this, um, also this hesitancy of, I didn't really want to do social work in the way that I was really being like 
taught in my classes how to do social work. Um, I felt like so many of the outlets for, for working as a social worker were very um, uh, just kind of hands-off and, and kind of created more barriers between people than connections with people. And, and that, I know that's not true across the board, but so many of the kind of examples that I was seeing were, were like that. And I just was more interested in and doing something relational where I could really connect with people and have mutual relationships with people that, that created, you know, just mutual support for each other. And, um, I moved to Clarkston, um, soon after I graduated college and, um, just fell in love with the community and, and the community really welcomed me. I had neighbors from all over the world who, um, would, you know, invite me into their home and, and make me feel like I was part of their family. And, um, and yeah, just this community has, um, taught me so much about, um, about love and about welcome, about supporting each other and, um, and embrace has really been a huge part of that. Um, and then just the, the aspect of being able to to be a witness to, um, to women's strength and power as they bring new life into the world. Um, it's just, it's such a huge blessing. And I know that you know that Rivka from all your work as well, but it's just, um, it, it's, yeah, it's just one of the best blessings to get to, to be a part in some way of that and to be welcomed into that holy space and to be, um, yeah, to be a witness to, to women's power and strength and that beauty. Yeah, it's a tremendous honor. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Aku? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, in fact, um, I was, I was uh, a midwife back home and uh, one of my responsibilities was to, you know, educate women on pregnancy and birth. Uh, what I was really interested in, and when I came here in 2015, it was like I was disconnected uh, from my job. But, and then I, I found Embrace, and with Embrace, the, the 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 job uh, the work I have been doing at Embrace helped me a lot to stay to to stay updated. You know, when you are not, I, I was not working anymore, and for me, at some point, uh, I started I started forget for uh, I I started to forget a lot of things. But being with Embrace, you know, helped me to stay updated. And also the fact to be uh, in the life of women, to help them, to educate them on pregnancy. And, you know, at the end, for the fact that the women get uh, the best, best outcome, you know, uh, it's, uh, for me, it's like a, a, a huge blessing. You know, whenever the you the mom calls you and say, oh, or he, the mom, the mom tells tells tell 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 you about his story or lets you know that oh, you helped me a lot. That's because of embrace, because of your help. You no, know, it, it that's a, a huge a huge blessing for me. And also, embrace is helping me uh, now to to continue my education. Right now we have been working to become a childbirth educator, which is a huge, huge, huge uh, blessing to me. And I'm pretty sure that after that, um, uh, I'll get more help to continue my education and why not one day to become a midwife in the United States? Yes, why not? Wonderful. Thank you. Luna? Um, yes. Um, b- before, uh, um, I did not know about the, the 
a brace program at all. I knew I start I start um knew that the the program uh, it will uh, like I start yeah I came here in two thousand seven and I just know I only know when in two thousand sixteen that a, a brace uh this kind of program existed before I did I didn't know and uh, during that time I was study I study in college and study social work um after I start working with Ibris um I feel like I grew more closer to my community especially the women in my community and I knew that because I attended a lot of births um and for that uh for the experience that that I, I attended birth um it also helped me like ready also help me for like for, when I give birth with my baby it's also because I already know uh, I already see the experience what other women uh, had to go through and it's all ha- help me prepare for my um, uh, um, for my first uh, pregnancy and I think that's the benefit of it and it's also blessed to be part of this program and yeah Thank you. So I just want to get uh, give uh, listeners a sense of what kinds of services you provide for for families. Um, I think you mentioned some of them, so childbirth education and and helping them navigate, uh, you know, bureaucracy and, and things like that. Possible birth support. What else do you provide? Yeah. So. Um... We, we kind of have two main parts to our program. We have our education, um, our classes that we, um, our, our founder, um, Jenny Cochran, um, uh, who just recently, about a year ago, uh, stepped down from uh, being the director at, at Embrace. Um, she created a curriculum uh, called Healthy Moms Curriculum, and it's a eight-week class series that um, she just created it to be um, very culturally sensitive, very um, image-based curriculum, very um, simple, as well as very, like, peer support. Um, and Mishda and Munan Aku can probably speak to that a little bit more, but um, the other side of our program is our uh, kind of more like one-on-one support. And, um, we have, uh, volunteers that I mentioned before who we pair with women, um, so that they can build that relationship with them and, um, and help them, um, go to their doctor's appointments. They, they provide transportation as well as, um, advocacy. Um, a lot of the doctor's offices that we go to, um, either don't provide interpretation or like, um, you know, even if they do, there's just, you know, it's just great to have somebody with you as an advocate to be able to see when something is missing, um, when some, you know, when the mom may not understand or may not, um, you know, feel like she has the space to ask a question or things like that. And so the volunteer is there to kind of just, you know, uh, observe the mom and, and what she's, um, experiencing and, and help her, um, to find her voice in that space to, to be able to ask questions and, and understand what's going on throughout her pregnancy and birth experience. Um, and then that volunteer is, um, on call to provide labor support and they, they go with the mom to the hospital and, um, and, you know, walk through that whole process with them. You know, it is, I have to tell, you know, um, doulas in training or, or doulas, um, who are already kind of established that it's, it's a little bit of a different (laughs) experience, um, providing labor support for our moms because it is, it's quite heavy in the advocacy, um, area, you know, that, um, just again, it's kind of, you're kind of the, the observer to watch out for, um, when, when something is missed by, by the medical care system and, um, and not for necessarily any fault 
of the systems, but, um, or maybe it is the system's fault, but not, not necessarily the provider's fault always, but just kind of caught in this system where, um, you know, it's very tailored to, um, to white English speaking women. And so, um, yeah, just, just kind of having that volunteer to observe and watch out for where there might be discrepancies and where there might be, um, you know, discrimination in care. And so, um, yeah, so, so that volunteer support is very heavy in the advocacy arena. And then, um, and then that volunteer goes on to support the mom postpartum. And again, it's, it's, you know, it is the emotional support that a postpartum doula would provide the education side. But again, there's, um, there's some other pieces to it that, that an American, um, or an English speaking mom, you know, uh, may not, um, experience like needing help with paperwork or needing help, um, to get family planning before her Medicaid ends or (laughs) things like that. So, um, just a lot of kind of smaller details. Um, but those are the kinds of things that, that the volunteer can try to watch out for. So, um, yeah. Do you guys have anything else that you would add to, to what other services or support we provide? Yeah. I think how do you cover most of the, um, the stuff that we help with the mom? Um, yeah. And like, how, how do you say we not only help you like, like some, like some, um, the women from a community, like even though they already have their baby, we, um, like for me, I still help them like every day. That if they need help, we like it doesn't have to be related related to pregnancy or birth, like anything. Like like if they if they need help, like they care to enroll in school, like I I also help with that. Or also they need to like um. Uh, other people work that they they need help to fill out and they are always available to help them. Yeah. So I have a couple of um, other questions. Uh, so many of your stories are seeming like uh, they're taking me back to to our organization, Montreal Birth Companions, that we that we had for many years. Um, I think one of the differences is possibly. Uh, because here in Canada we have um, we have a national health insurance system, but the people that we were serving, if they were um, if they were registered refugees, then they would have the in the health insurance. But if they were not, if they were refugee claimants that had been um, refused, if they were had been uh, told uh, like if they were being deported and they were living you know underground, so to speak or if they were otherwise not covered or non-status, then they wouldn't have insurance. So um, it was even more important for us to support them through an experience that wouldn't cost so much. Um, And obviously, so we we had to provide the kind of care that would help them have more natural births just because, um, you know, the more interventions, the more expensive it is. But also... uh, I, I really hear you, Heidi, when you were talking about like the regular doulas in training or doulas. I I actually provided training for the women that wanted to provide um, support for these families because it's just so different. Like it's it's so different. Like you might have a private doula client that comes in wanting her you know best birth experience, which is wonderful and empowering and everything. But many of our people that came to us really didn't care about like how they would feel. They just wanted to have the baby and, and, and somehow, you know, manage to stay in, in Canada. So a lot of it indeed was, you know, documents and, and navigating and just getting food and getting a place to live. And Montreal is, you know, people that come here in the winter from a warm country are really, they don't know how cold it can get. It's ridiculous. You can't even, go outside your front door without feeling like you're going to freeze. So, so, but I think in, even so, I think a lot of our, our um, issues were the same, but just to, just to clarify. So the people that you're serving, well, do they pay for their, their medical care? 
Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so I'll clarify a little bit of that. So, um, in the U S um, there is kind of like a, you know, federal, <laughs> like Medicaid, um, is what it's called that, that like every state has access to funds to receive, um, uh, to receive this kind of you know, public medical insurance. However, every state is different in what they accept and, and their laws around it. And so in, I, I'm not, you know, as educated or aware of what other states do, um, you know, in regards to Medicaid. I know that some of them are, uh, provide more, um, more services and, and, and Medicaid for, for more folks, um, than Georgia does. Georgia is pretty limited. Um, and so in Georgia, what we experience is that, um, if you are, um, uh, if you are legally a refugee, if you have refugee status, you can receive Medicaid when you first come to the U S for, um, about eight months. Um, and then, uh, and you, other folks on Mujda and Muna and Aku, you guys can correct me if I make any mistakes. Cause I know it, it also changes all the time. Some of these laws. Um, but yeah, so my understanding is that still, uh, this is still the case where a, a newly arrived refugee can have Medicaid for up to eight months. Um, children who are refugees can have it until they're 18. Um, but then it gets cut off after eight months for all adults. And um, for pregnant refugees, um, folks who are pregnant who have refugee status, they qualify for pregnancy Medicaid. Um, in Georgia, it's called right from the start Medicaid. I don't know if it's called something different in other states, but, um, so, and any U S citizens can qualify for that, you know, if they're within an income level. Um, however, anyone outside of that, like you mentioned, um, in Montreal, um, very similarly, um, it, but even, even folks who have legal status here, um, in the U S do not qualify for it. So, um, Mojda and Aku actually on this call, they came, um, you know, under a different status than refugee status. And, and we have a handful of moms who come to us, um, to be served, who, who come, um, not, uh, not with refugee status, but asylee status or, um, some other kind of work visa or school visa or something like that. Um, we, we haven't had very many folks come to us over the years who, who are, don't have, um, legal status, but I think that's mostly because of the area that, that we serve. Um, I think there's just not as many undocumented folks in our area that we serve, but there are certainly several in Georgia. Um, and so it's just, um, you know, not just not the area that we're in. But, um, yeah, but those folks, we definitely have had to learn how to figure out ways to help them navigate. So there's like a public hospital downtown who provides, um, more, um, uh, discounted services. It's called Grady hospital. And so, um, most of the moms who, um, don't qualify for Medicaid, we refer them there and they still do have to pay, you know, some out of pocket um, costs, but kind of like similar to what you're saying, we, we try to help them navigate that to where they don't have to pay as much. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, Mujda or Munar Aku, do you guys have any other things to add about how that, that part of our system works? Um, for me, when, when I was, uh, pregnant with Anna, um, uh, I was qualified for a uh, pregnancy Medicaid, so um, I don't have to. Uh, I don't have to pay anything. Um, like for um uh, for for example, if you have uh, like a primary insurance and then the the pregnancy Medicaid, that would be a little bit more like complicated, like. 
you will have to like or you have to call your primary um, medicaid also you have to call the pregnancy uh, the pregnancy medicaid like they all these two have like these two um your primary medicaid and the pregnancy medicaid they all have to work together it, like because you don't have to because you don't want to pay um the like all the hospital fee or anything they usually um for example if they are primary medicaid is not cover like they don't cover the expense the then the uh you the that the the pregnancy medicaid uh we had to cover everything so it sounds pretty complicated and you would definitely have to help people through the bureaucracy yeah you had to call and then yeah you 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 always to make a call call yeah 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 so um i guess kind of on that uh note do you ever find it hard to make boundaries between um some of the women that you're serving and yourself like do you feel like um is there ever a point where you feel like someone's taking up too much of your time and maybe you're not spending enough time just on yourself and your family or or do you find that because of the way that Embrace is structured, it's pretty easy to to navigate for yourselves? How do you how do you do that? How do you keep a balance? Um, for me, I don't have, like I don't have a lot of mom. Um, but you before be like be, like before the pandemic, we we are we we have a. I have a lot of mom, but after the pandemic, I no, no, like I don't have problem with my mom. Like we, like uh, they always um, they call me. They all they usually only call me when they need me. Like if they don't need me, they don't they don't usually call. But I always call them and make make sure they're um, oh okay with the um, um like doctor appointment or or, or like everything that they need like for me i don't have a i don't i don't have an, any problem Aku, uh, you... yes uh i just want to talk uh you know uh, for my side <clears throat> uh i teach the class and in different language than the mom speak so i speak um sorry i teach the class in french and um there's uh, an interpreter who translate the, the the class in the mom's language and the um the mom's language are uh Swahili, Kinyarwanda and there are few moms who speak French so yeah i don't have any problem with those moms and and whenever they have questions um, you know, I'm even more happy to help them. So I don't have any problem with them with calling me or testing me or whatever. I don't have any issue. You're very generous. Okay. Musta? I, yes, I want to add a few more things. In my community, uh, beside the, all the supports that we are doing through the Embrace, um, most of the time they call me, you know, whatever help they need, you know, it's not only for the pregnant mom. Uh, still, I'm in touch with the mom that they delivered their baby in 2016, but still I'm uh, in touch with them. They are connected with me. They, they sometimes call me for any problem they have, like a, a social problem or they have any other uh, family problem. Uh, it's it's uh, like something that... Uh, uh, make me very happy that they trust me. They still uh, rem uh, remember me, and whenever they have any problem, they just uh, uh, thinking about me. That they can reach me and they can uh, share their problem with me in any ways. That I will try to find a way to help them with uh, to solve their problem. Uh, sometimes, if I wasn't able to do something for them or I wasn't uh, able to give my time for them. I always ask Heidi or someone else from Embrace. There, uh, there is someone all the time. 
whenever I am not able to do something for those moms that they need really help, uh, Heidi or any other uh, embrace uh, staff, they are ready to help uh, with them. Uh, that's the reason that uh, I never feel pushed that, or overwhelmed with my job, with my work. And it's something that we are enjoying, like as a family. Even, even I don't have time or I cannot give my time for them, uh, I can uh, just ask uh, someone else from the family to help them. And uh, it's something that, that really works and they trust everybody and it, it helps. That's the reason that we don't feel pushing in our work and overwhelmed. It's wonderful that you've been able to create a community that, that allows for that so that you can give as much as you can give. And then when you need to give it over to someone else, you can do that yes. with, with trust. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I feel really thankful to hear you guys um, say all of those things. I, I definitely think that our community liaisons, you know, get certainly get the brunt of all the, the, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily like, um, you know, the, the word problem was used a few times and it's not like, um, you know, people are trying to, um, you know, cause any problems, but, you know, we just, we, we hear a lot of hard stories and we experience a lot of hard things. And so, um, the community liaisons are kind of that first, um, they're the first people that are hearing about those things. And so they, you know, they do, they do, um, carry a lot of weight. And so we have really worked hard to create an environment and embrace where, um, we can support each other in that. And, um, and we have a really wonderful volunteer network who, um, who I'm able to call on, like Mushta said, when, you know, when the community liaisons are not able to do something right away. Um, and I'm able to, to reach out to our volunteers and, and get folks to, to jump in to support. Um, you know, we, we certainly have hard days and, and days that we don't have anyone available. And that's probably the hardest thing is, is when someone does end up, you know, alone at the hospital giving birth or, um, yeah, experience experiencing something else that's that's difficult um and we're not able to to be there for them but um but overall you know we we really do try to create that environment of of supporting each other on our on our team or in our family as Mishta said um as well as you know creating that space for for the women um that we serve so yeah um, I was able to do a training recently, um, and now I'm blanking on her name. I should look it up so that I can give her credit, but, um, it's on pregnancy loss. Um, and, uh, her kind of like, she has this kind of model of, of care where she, um, and now I'm blanking on the, even the wording. Um, it's like you support in. So like the mom is kind of at the center of the work and then you dump out. And mm -hmm. I think for us, and it's kind of these concentric circles. Um, and, um, you know, for us, I think it's like, um, that, that embraces kind of that next circle out where we can dump out to each other if we need to. Um, but that, you know, we're, we're able to focus all of our support in on the mom. Um, the woman's name is Amy Wright Glenn, um, mm -hmm. who offers these trainings, but yeah. So I, I really love that model. And I, I think that that's been our goal at Embrace is to kind of create that space where we can dump out to each other, um, and be able to give all that we can to the mom who's in the inner circle. That's so important. So all of you, I'm going to ask you a difficult question now. Just uh, just take a, a second. But what has uh, each of you? What has been your greatest challenge uh, moment of challenge at uh, at Embrace? I will go ahead. Uh, the big challenge uh, challenge that I had with Embrace sometimes uh, at the beginning of my job that I wasn't able to drive. And uh, 
I didn't have uh, my driving license and I wasn't able to help as much as I'm doing right now with the, with for the moms. And that was something that sometimes whenever I wanted to reach immediately with, uh, for them, I wasn't able. And that was the, the big challenge. But by the time I got my license and I'm able to do it. And uh, for the uh, nowadays, the big challenge is the COVID. It's something that it keeps us away from the mom. Uh, being in person with them, um, uh, I think this uh, this is what I think. Uska, you sound like such a powerful woman. Would you mind if sharing what are your dreams for your future? Uh, uh, I really want to uh, continue my job for being advocating for the moms, especially for the new mom that they are coming from another you know from the uh, a country that always they are thinking about and they're risking their life you know and always they're um, just wish for the peace to live or sleep in a peace uh, moments but they don't have and they they don't think anything uh, else and i'm really yeah enjoying working with them and this is my goal to advocate for them and continue this and uh, beside that i want to educate myself more that i i i should be able to help them uh, in any ways that they need and as i am um, said, i want to continue my education and it's my goal and it's my hope that one day i i i will be a midwife that they can trust me more and I can be able to help them more, whatever they need during pregnancy or uh, during the labor. Well, I wish you all the best on that, on that hope. I think you will make a wonderful midwife and Aku as well. I hope you both get there. Muna, what are your, what are your dreams for your future? Muna, I don't know if you're muted or not. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for me, I was, I, I, I was to, I want to continue working with my, um, community, especially the women. I want to advocate for them, um, in every way, in every way, everything, like whatever they need. Uh, like not only for the uh not only uh during their pregnancy or also after the pregnancy like if they need help with social uh social social help or everything that they need yeah i would like to continue to do that thank you So if someone in a different city or even a different country wanted to start a community like yours, what kind of advice would you give them? I will, I will, uh, I will tell them that uh, first to make uh, the relationship or uh, just learn more about all the uh, culture. It's really important that they, if they want to make trust between uh, the community and yourself they need to learn more about the, all the cultures and uh, also um, the respect they should learn how to respect because I know respect is different in every culture the way that they feel the respect is different as I work with Embrace and we, we work with uh, so many uh, cultures and we learn that uh, Respect is in their idea is it's it's really different different way they feel respect. I really want them to learn more about all the cultures that they want to start uh, working with them. It's really important to make the trust. Trust and respect. So start with the foundation of trust and respect. 
Aku or Muno, Heidi, do you have things to add? How how do we create something from nothing in a different city or a different country? I think Mujda really, um, you know, said it really well. And I think that um, kind of in addition to that, um, and, and it kind of answers your questions about challenges as well, that I, I think we had a lot more challenges um, before we had met um, our community liaisons. Um, we, you know, we just really struggled to like, know the best ways to educate or the best ways to come alongside um, the women in the community and um, the way that we found our community liaisons was that all of them were already leading in some capacity in their community and so we were able to find these leaders who people trusted who um, we're already doing the work that they're doing at Embrace, but, but yeah. we were able to, you know, kind of empower them and support them to, to do it more and to do it with pregnant moms. And, um, and so that was definitely a key part of it was just, you know, being able to build relationships with, with these, you know, wonderful leaders who, who are already, um, helping and serving in their community. That's so interesting because basically, like like you said, Musta, respect and trust, and then to go in with humility and actually seek out uh, in an organic way the, the the leaders that are already there. So you're actually building a grassroots community from from the bottom, from a from a place of trust and a place of of trusting that the people that are already in the community know what they're doing. Yeah. And I, and I think that, yeah, that speaks well to it too, because we knew we weren't trying to like, um, you know, fix birth or something in these communities. We knew that these women were coming from long, you know, histories of, of knowing how to give birth and having circles of women who, who taught them and helped them. And so we wanted to, to draw that out. You know, we wanted, we knew that, um, they're coming to the U.S. that there was the possibility of, of those, you know, beautiful histories being squashed and being kind of almost taken away from them here, um, by the system that we have. And so we, we wanted to give them the space to be able to like, you know, share their stories and, and share their knowledge and experience and help each other to have, those same experiences, um, or to, you know, to be able to access their own, um, uh, cultural values and beliefs around birth. Um, and so, yeah, so, so it was very important to us that we found, you know, people like Aku who were birth workers in their community um, mm. already. And, um, we had a couple, um, midwives, when we first started who who came on um to help us interpret and teach and that was again that was kind of like the first um our first entryway to you know to 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 this goal of being able to empower these women um was just you know being able to help welcome them here by by creating a space where they could be themselves and and access their um what they already, you know, valued, um, about birth in their cultures. So, yeah. So I have, uh, just a couple more questions, just a, a really practical question. The course that you mentioned, is that available for others, for other organizations to use? That's a great question. We, um, we have been hoping to, to, uh, make it accessible and we're not quite there yet, but, um, but I would certainly say if people are interested to reach out and, and we're, um, we are, you know, hopeful that in the next couple of years, we can have that more accessible and available. Um, we, it, it is very close to that place, but, but just not quite there yet. So, yeah. Okay, good to know, because that sounds like a really, really important resource. Yeah, yeah. So the next two questions I have, one is, 
I would like all four of you to think of a word that you would like to give out to our listeners. One word um, that they can hold that is meaningful in terms of uh, the life of the birthing mother. One of the mothers you work with, the mothers you work with, or the work that you do. What is what is your word? Um, for me, it's uh, a power. Like we want to empower the woman, like to know, um, be able, able to to decide what's good for them. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, I can say that um, we give them the, uh, to feel support all the time. Uh, whenever any decision that they want to make during the labor, they feel support, that there is uh, uh, support uh, for them, that they, they can feel support for any decision that they want to make for their self and for their baby. Thank you. Aku? Yeah, I just want to say that we are ready to advocate for them and also to empower them. We have three wonderful words, empower, support, advocate. Heidi, what's your word? This is a hard question. I don't know why. It's just there's so many words. That yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, I think the one that just keeps resonating with me today is sacred. Um, just that, um, yeah. And, and I think it kind of culminates from this place where if, if a woman feels empowered and supported and advocated for that, that her birth um, and that space can be sacred um so yeah thank you so much so my last question i would just like all four of you just to speak up and um and really just uh just give us all a list of the the countries that um that some of the families that you have um supported where where everyone comes from just uh, just all of the countries that you've encountered through your years of work with Embrace? Yeah, I can say from Afghanistan, Iran, Pakistan. Those are the countries that I had uh, moms, mostly from these countries. I would say Burma, Thailand. Marco, you must have Most of the moms are from Congo. And I think I had a few moms from um, Central Africa, Republic. Uh, Heidi, can you help me? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've had we've had a lot from from Africa and the Middle East and Southeast Asia, but um, definitely from Congo and Rwanda, Burundi, Tanzania, um, Kenya, and then yeah, more North Sudan and Central African Republic, um, Sierra Leone on the you know um, west side, you know some that are closer. I think we've even had some from Togo too, right? Aku, I think yeah, and, yeah, and Ivory Coast. Ivory Coast? Yes. Yes, yeah, yeah. And also from uh, Egypt and Ethiopia, Eritrea. Um, I think those are most of the African countries that we've served. Um, but yeah, like Mojda said, from the Middle East, we've had um, Syria and Afghanistan. Jordan, Iran, Iraq, um, Pakistan, Pakistan, yes, yeah, um, and then we've had folks from um, Bangladesh and Burma and Thailand, Nepal, uh, Indonesia, 
Malaysia. Um, yeah, I think that's that's the all that I can think of off the top of my head. <laughs> it sounds like you're serving the sisters of the people that we used to serve. So thank you all so much for sharing this hour. And um, Aku and Musta, I'm looking forward to hearing about your midwifery training. If there's any way I can help, I am totally here for you. I know it won't happen right now unless you have a young little one. Yeah, thank you so much. Just pray for us. Yes, thank you so much, Rivka. We've really enjoyed having this conversation today. <laughs>